You all do realize this is what JD from NY wants, right? Kenny, it's Izzy, the prodigy here. Kenny, Brandon, what's going on? Chris Van Fleet here. I hope the episodes just keep getting better and better and better and stacking them up like New Day pancakes. It was a big accomplishment of your podcast. So send me a thank you, write me a nice letter, tweet me, DM me, FaceTime me. Peace for Christ's sake. Brandon Brown, the freaking hero of his I'm workplace. Hero, he's a hero. This man That's came right. to my house a with a shirt hero. that says that he's his groceries hero. Saving lives. This is what this is what I do every day. I'm a hero. Every day I go to work. Yeah, they gave, him, they gave him a shirt that says this. It didn't, it doesn't help that his ego it made it official. His ego is so big as it is already, and now they gave him a shirt. To to signify that he's uh Brandon, Remember did you know that. this is uh, Yugi Nagata's favorite uh, podcast? You, who? Yeah, Mi of course. You don't who know, does it? Who, you were gonna favorite? say who is Yugi yeah. Nagata? Mister G One himself. <laughs> Been at like seventeen G One climaxes. Damn it! Nice. Take that, you and bastard! Look, this podcast is everybody's favorite podcast. You know, not JD from Men Wise. <laughs> Hey, what this is Alexa Bliss's like, favorite podcast, blocked. though. Yeah, you got us blocked, Kenny. That's why you guys have been on the on the interwebs, on the Twitter, stirring up trouble, <sighs> fighting people. Dude, I I just I just don't have words, man, for for what happened there. I mean, let, let's save that for what? the. For the end of the podcast, though, all right? Let's talk about some other stuff in the world of wrestling. Because I got I got yeah. some stuff to say to JD from NY. So we'll, we'll keep that for the back end. But guys, if you're watching this video right now, hit me with a thumbs up. Definitely subscribe, please, for the love of God. If you're on YouTube, subscribe. If you're in audio land, leave us a nice comment or something. And hi to mm. the usuals in the chat. Bright is yeah. back. What is up, Bright? here? Somebody's back. Brandon. Brian's back. Fernando. Yes. West. Alexa Bliss. They're Alexa Bliss is back, damn it. Brandon, <laughs> yes. WWE has filed for a trademark for the term Deaf Rebel. What the hell do you think that means? Oh, no. Wait, is it going to be like a deaf, like, Confederate soldier thing? Or. Watch like the death. It's probably like one of the nicknames for uh for one of the Forgotten Sons. <laughs> yeah. It's like the Forgotten Sons cousin or something comes out. The views expressed in this video do not reflect those of WWE. You know what? I kinda like those little segments, man. I do too. I'm, I'm I, yeah. Dude, the, the Forgotten Sons are definitely like one of those um teams that like were not meant for nxt because when they were at nxt i hated them i didn't like them at all but when they're doing these little sig uh, segments with these vignettes and stuff like that like i'm okay with it i'm okay with it sure. i like this ring light by the way it makes my teeth look like super white like now <laughs> you got some special some special rig right like takes up half your room or something it's like a giant like professional thing brandon it's I, just a, it's just a 12 incher Oh, okay. So basically, Damn. twice the size of you. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do not have that many inches. That's that's for sure. <laughs> Brandon, I've lost Much respect for you. Yeah. Much in the same vein <laughs> that Seth Rollins apparently has lost respect for Jim Cornette. Oh, come on. So the comments I, I mentioned last week of uh, Jim Cornette talking about, well, goddamn pal, if you <laughs> if you're 30 years old and you you got a couple more years, why would you become a raging bitch and be pregnant and it's like, well, he's just wait. Does Jim Cornette have kids? Does Jim Cornette have kids? 
Uh, I don't think so, right? I want to no. know if a woman no, has touched has Jim kids. Cornette. He, I, That's I don't my think main he wants thing. Kids. I think he says that a lot. Yeah, like he, he doesn't want to have kids or something like that. Well, yeah. Well, when celibacy is bestowed upon you because you're such a <laughs> jackass. <laughs> Then I don't think I don't think you know. No, it's just, <laughs> I don't think that's a problem. I just don't think I think he's doing the responsible thing. We're overpopulating. Oh yeah, Brandon, you're planet, doing you're doing we're, the we're responsible the thing too. Yeah, that's right. We got to be responsible. JD, JD for men, why is doing the responsible <laughs> thing? Doing, hey, you know what? That wasn't fair. All right, he was he was. That's not up. fair. That was a setup, bro. That was a I setup. mean, this shit. This shit is like it, it's funny how, how how supporters. I mean, I get into it again. I'll get into it a little bit later. But you know, it, it's funny how supporters just went like those were that comment was from a year yeah, ago. It was, oh, it's like oh, okay, cool. So being sexist has a time the time limit, yeah, I guess. Was, you know, it had like to it. be from it had to be from freaking it was like a couple weeks ago for it to be relevant. You like, know why it was like... relevant? And people apparently, <laughs> apparently people are stupid enough to think like a lot of us don't know it comes from a burner account. Like it was uh -huh. a burner account that posted it. But like, come on, like, like, like Hana, it... like Hana Kimura died. Uh, unfortunately, you know, because of comments that people, you know, due to cyberbullying, you know. And that's not to say like they physically drove her, but like obviously she was in a bad place. And then uh, those thoughts creeped into her mind. She saw those comments and then. You know, ended her life. She's 22 years old. Got she it. was going to be a legend in Josie Wrestling. She was like the next, the next one. Like, she was going to be... Like, it's sad, man, because 22 years old, and you already saw the inklings of her being the next Joshi star. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, years from now, I definitely could have seen her being like, you know, going to WWE and, and doing that, and being that international star. You mm -hmm. know, she would have conquered Japan and then gone further, and it's like, it's sad to see to see her... You know, not not just like end her career, she ended her life on that. Yeah. Due to like people just saying really irresponsible things. Really irresponsible things. Because the wrestling oh, yeah. community is toxic, dude. It, 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 and you could see it last week when people were making, you know, we had the jokes, uh, you know, it's like my plans and then 2020 kind of stuff. Like the memes mm -hmm. that were going out and you'd have my plans like i did one it was my plans and I had a picture of Shawn michaels with the championship and then 2020 <laughs> and it's like a picture of a lost smile which if you're a wrestling fan you know uh, what i'm talking about but brandon's not but then you you, <laughs> you have jackasses doing memes of shad gaspard and then an ocean as 2020 it's like that's just not funny man like shit like that's not not funny like i don't understand like you know, there, there's something to be said about keyboard warriors. You know, these people will very obviously not say this in person, but feel the need to say this and troll. I'm sure you're one of those accounts anyway, Brandon, but like, <laughs> you know, troll and just get a rise out of these things, man. Like a man died. Right. I, look, yeah, yeah I, I will say that. People definitely, you know, you, you should watch what you say, what you put out there, because you, you never know how it's going to affect certain people. You know, some people stuff rolls off the back. They don't care. Some people, you know, they welcome that sort right. of thing. It fuels whatever, you know, they do generates buzz clicks. But, you know, some people, you know, they got some deep, you know, seated issues going on and hey, you, correct. Possibly and, and ruin someone's life. Yeah. 
Correct. And, um, you know, I'm I think I'm guilty of it. You know, I, I've been guilty of, you know, maybe being too harsh with some words and things like that. And I think really, you know, having a three year old daughter has really softened me, you know, just I give an example, you know, and, and I'll tie this back in. But, you know, my three year old daughter was getting scared of the dark. And my kind of first response was like, you're not scared. You're brave. Like, get back in bed. You know, that sort of thing, like almost like toughen her up. And then, uh, you know, I was getting a response like she'd be crying and like she'd almost be like. Try, like shying away from me because like I'm being like this hard general kind of kind of dude, you know, and and so I tried a different approach because obviously like you you notice these things don't work. You change your approach, you know, any as any smart person does. That's just how you uh, you adapt and you grow in life. And, you know, so I now like I say, come here, like and I like let her lay on me and I'm like, look, I said, look, daddy, you put on the light and you feel safe. I said, daddy's here to protect you. You're you're always OK as long as I'm here, you know. And now she's like, you know, all in my arms and she's happy and she's smiling and she feels protected. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like I had to soften my approach, you know? So tying that back to the cyberbullying, it's like, you know, you don't know what other people need in this life. You don't know what they need. Like, you know, someone like me, um, I'm very much a person. Like if you need something from me, just tell me straight up, just say, Kenny, I need this. Like, Hey, go fucking sweep the floors. You know, when I was a teenager, just tell me, Hey, Fucking sweep the floors, dude. Get it done. I don't take my... I have no ego. I'm like, yeah, let's do this and let's get the fuck out of here. Like, that's just how I am. I'm kind of aggressive with the way I talk. But, you know, that might not work on someone else who maybe is going through something. Maybe they have something going on in their home life and their parents yell at them, as an example. So now when you're at work, they want to hear something like, hey, can you can you please uh, sweep the floor? Would that be okay? And I think it's just about knowing... Um, kind of adapting to people's styles and knowing that like i know for a fact that you know brandon when they're when, when brandon's at work he just sits there and waits for people <laughs> to give him instructions that's not my style i go you know i go do you know i'll always go find something to do brandon's just sitting there he's you know, just like well, yeah. they, they didn't ask me to do anything so then dude you know i'm a hero, you know, I'm, a hero. I'm a hero that's all i'm saying you know when you're a hero you get certain certain privileges you know it treats you wow, a certain it's funny. way you can't even pronounce the words <laughs> But, you know, to, uh, on a serious note, yeah. good, good. I, I was going to say uh, on a serious note, well, kind of tying it back into, yeah. you know, these comments were, you know, fr from from a year ago. And it's like, you know, it, it's sexist and sexist now kind of thing. But, you know, what about, you know, Jimmy Fallon, you know, when he did his blackface? <laughs> you know, it's like funny. Before, I, I, right? I, I, man, before, I, I was hoping you yeah. didn't get into something like that. You know, but, but like, there's yeah, other there's then. other race issues that I could bring up that are very heavy right now. And I, you know, it's on my mind. So let's get into it, I guess. You know, I mean, with the Jimmy Fallon stuff. No, I don't think him doing blackface 20 years ago when the producers of SNL call him for a 26 year old <laughs> to do that. And honestly, it was a good skit. And then, you right. know, you got Jamie Foxx coming into play and saying, you know, like, dude, y'all need to watch the skit. Like, yeah, me. you don't have to apologize. Go yeah. watch the skit. Uh, not to say it's ever good. I, I think it's good that Jimmy Fallon apologized. It's it doesn't work now. That would not, you know, fly now. And right. not that it was ever good, but it's like I don't. I I'm always a, like not a fan of revisionist history because if you go back and look at the Attitude Era, it wasn't PC. But like, I don't think anybody should apologize for shit 
like from the attitude era do you get what i'm saying like nobody should apologize for the attitude era because it happened it was received as it was and let's leave it be why are we offended right. in 2020 over some over uh yamaguchi san chopping val venus's penis off <laughs> you, you know what i mean like so it's not right. it's not that i'm making an excuse for what happened it's like let's just leave it there you know again revision right. revisionist history so well, uh yeah yeah, but I mean, you know, can we extend that courtesy to, you know, Mr. JD? You know, he he made a comment, you know, I'll leave, a joke like a year ago. We'll leave that. We'll leave that for the end of the podcast because I okay. again, I got some stuff to say. But um, since we're on the topic, and you know, I I feel like ignoring it would be part of the problem. You know, um, I just want to say, you know, rest in peace to George Floyd. I know that is a. Uh, a heavy heavy topic that's been going on. it's not funny dude it's not it's, no, no, it's, it's I'm really sorry i was looking at a comment sorry yeah okay fair enough fair yeah. enough i apologize then but you know the yeah. you know i feel like if that's an issue that we ignore um then it's uh you know i, I don't want to make this about cops against you know you know a racial issue against cops because i you know we do have some some law enforcement friends and they were condemning um you know they were like that's not protocol to stick your your knee into someone's neck you know, that's, you know, and you know who I'm talking about, a close friend of ours. And, um, yeah, so they were even condemning it. So I just want to say, like, you know, this is, that's a heavy issue. It's a, it, it's a heavy issue, but I feel like uh, the one positive is I feel like this is the first time I feel like this race issue here, like you got the Ahmad Arbery's and stuff like that, which almost like gets swept under the rug a little bit, you know, for lack of a better term. I feel like this is the first one that, that is just very prominent to the point where, um you can't you can't just sweep it under the rug it's a very obvious issue um and it's very obvious this man shouldn't have died for writing a bad check for ten dollars i'm not here to question if uh you know if you quote unquote didn't do something illegal or stuff but to end to get your life ended for uh writing a ten dollar fake check you know bullshit but uh yeah we're not a <laughs> we're not a you know a political issue podcast so let's get back into professional wrestling but i did want to speak on that uh brandon Indeed. here's here's a random one for you because i, I mm. posted this on, on twitter uh last week well we were talking about um hbk somebody said something about hbk's prime Shawn michaels prime and you know it's my favorite wrestler and they were talking about 1996 and i was like i i don't know if hbk had a prime and what I mean mm. by that is he's like one of the rare wrestlers that I can't like, I get why people say 96 because that was his ascent into the main event scene, but he's one of those wrestlers where I feel like, and this is the career you want, right? Name a bad year from Shawn Michaels, especially in his second run. I said something about coming, uh, you know, coming back in 2002 till 2010. Was there a year that was bad for Shawn Michaels? Mm. I'm asking. That's not, that's not just a rhetorical. I'm asking you. Was there a bad no. year for Shawn Michaels? I, I, well, I don't think so. What what I actually kind of want to, I guess, maybe where you're going is: Do you think his sort of comeback run was maybe even better than sort of his debut stuff? I think so. And that's a, it's a, that's a weird one to say. You know what I mean? Like, um, yeah, man. It's like Shawn Michaels. If I had to pick a prime year for Shawn Michaels, I might pick '05. That's when he wrestled Kurt Angle and things like that, you know? Like, I might actually pick 05 as his prime year, which is weird. That was his second run. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, that's his quote-unquote legend run. Like, how many people would are better when they return after a back injury? 
You know, like I can think uh, who who's like a wrestler that came back, like Daniel Bryan, for example. No offense to Daniel Bryan, but like if you, as of right now, if you told me what's Daniel Bryan's prime year, I would say 2014, and that predates his injuries, which usually it does. That's what I'm getting at. Usually it predates mm-hmm. the comeback from injury. <laughs> Bryant says 2019, that crown jewel match. That was 2018. <laughs> 2018, by the way. Believe it or not, it was that long ago. It was actually we November got some 2018. Crown jewel fans here. By the way, cheers to everybody, because usually I know I'm, it's 12 p.m. and I'm drinking coffee. Uh, but today I'm drinking a Moscow Mule, so I might have to change our fan names uh, this week. So instead of being uh, the cake, Kenny's Cake Cups, everyone's going to be my mules. My Kenny, Kenny's, Kenny's Mules. Which I, I guess is horrible, but <laughs> now, uh, oh, curious. Did, did you like his, his DX stuff better than his sort of solo stuff, or is it kind of? That's a loaded question because it depends yeah. on which DX you're talking about. Because if you're talking about <laughs> ni- 1997 <laughs> DX, we yeah. might be in business. But if you're talking about 2006, Triple H is seeing boobies and Shawn Michaels is, yeah. is running off because you know he's born again Christian and he can't do stuff. Like uh, then maybe not so much. No. So which DX are we talking about? <laughs> but yeah, let's go with let's go with the second run DX. No, that no, you didn't no. like you didn't like the second run DX. No, stuff at I've, all? I've said this. I've gone on record as saying this. I'm a huge Triple H fan, and I'm a huge Shawn Michaels fan. As in, like their solo careers are amazing. When they come together, I hate them. As in, like, DX, like, DX, especially, like, circa 2006, you know, even though they were doing some, like, raunchy stuff, per se, it's like, Mm -hmm. I just, it's like, it feels, like, watered down, it feels like I'm not getting the best of Shawn Michaels, and I'm not getting the best of Triple H, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean, like, that's, that's kind of what it is, so I, uh, yeah, yeah, and Fernando says 2006, DX was an my introduction to them, and I loved it, well, so so sorry for your loss, so, uh, I did Are not like saying? 2006. The whole Vince loves cock stuff. Like I, I wasn't digging all of that, man. That's just me. But that's because I saw DX and they're like prime. You know, I saw DX oh, yeah. when DX was putting their asses out on the air and stuff, and like you know, bringing meat to suck it. You know, and and suck it wasn't just like a. Uh, like I guess it became just like a just a friendly like yeah X DX it was literally like suck my dick you bitch like you know like you know it was very raunchy edgy uh, stuff and you know I was a, a, a hopped up on you know prepubescent nine year old or whatever ten year old I'm like yeah so were you that kid at school running around suck it teacher like hundred percent yeah hundred percent was to do like suck it I, I got in trouble for that a couple times but you know oh no yeah. and, and 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 the bad part like I never did the X I always did the like you know the oh, the crotch shot the like, actual yeah. like yeah. suck it so yeah yeah. yeah. I got in trouble. I got in trouble Should for that more, that more often than not, you know. Brandon, by the way, I just want to let you know that I went to your work. I think I told you this. Uh, I was looking for you. I didn't find you. You were hiding from working or something. I did see the temperature check station at the front of your work, so I feel safe. I feel they safe. They're, they're, they're the checking. Heroes, yeah. They're checking. <laughs> protecting wow. our heroes. Brandon, they, they check Brandon's temperature before he goes in. And Brandon, Brandon's like comes in at a at a negative fifty seven degrees Celsius, which is weird <laughs> because there's no brain activity up there. Nothing <laughs> going on, bro. They got the scary like infrared 
Dude, Dude. I, I, I saw it. Yeah, I saw like, like the, the, the chunk, whole thing. Man. I was like, I was like, oh man, that's that's hardcore. But it made me feel like at least they're like looking out for you. So now you know I don't have the Corona when I come over to your the house. Rono? I don't the know that you worry. Yeah. Uh, I just uh, the Rono. Let's just cut this yeah. short, Brandon. But uh, to keep speaking of cutting stuff short. I was actually watching, it was super random, I, was, I think it was on the WWE Network, they had a playlist for like wildest gimmicks, and I was watching uh-huh. uh, Paul Burchill, and uh, his pirate gimmick, pirate. do you remember this? When he came out with Pirates of the pirate. Caribbean style, like Johnny Depp looking? I remember his sister the most. Yeah, yeah, that's a different topic for a different day, but uh, I feel like they cut that gimmick short because I'm listening to the reactions, and I'm like, man, Paul Burchill was over. Like, in that pirate gimmick, he was over. And it was weird because I, I heard rumors of Vince McMahon didn't know what Pirates of the Caribbean was. Damn it! Why is he going out there like a pirate? He wanted more like a hokey like uh, what PCO did when he was uh, Jean, Jean Paul, uh, Jean-Pierre I, I was about to say Levique, but that's Triple H. I can't remember the name, but he, uh, he Carl Olette, basically uh, doing the pirate gimmick in like 96. He wanted like the hokey like Think he's a pirate as opposed to like the Johnny Depp drunken like cool guy, but right. like the gimmick was over, man. Pirates of the Caribbean was over at the time. I think Paul Burchill was underrated. Like you said, uh, they went PG right when they were about to pull the trigger on a really controversial line or storyline for him, which was him and his quote unquote sister Katie Lee Burchill. And it was supposed oh, to man. be that Katie Lee Burchill and him had like this incest angle. And if you want to see it, <laughs> search Paul Burchill, Katie Lee, Titantron. Because they had a Titantron which included some dark matches. And you can see the hints of it. Which is funny because they used the Titantron, but they never used the gimmick. But you can ah. see like, like he pulls her in close and she kind of looks him up and down and stuff. So there's like little inklings of this gimmick that they were supposed to do. She's like biting on a lollipop, like a big lollipop. And uh, they never pulled the trigger. Good TV, man. They never pulled they the trigger because uh, Vin, sorry, Linda was running for uh, <laughs> senator, or whatever at the time. A, man. So, uh, so they went to the PG rating. Killed it, man. Yeah, that Senate run killed the business almost nearly. I it's, mean, it worked it out. Did, it that, PG, yeah, that PG run was, was pretty bad, man. Which goes back yeah. to damn DX when DX was around <laughs> during the PG <laughs> era. I was like, what the fuck is this? What is this? Oh man, and poor Cena too. He had to, you know, he had to suffer through that. That probably hurt his his run. I think, I think John Cena, you know, especially as being like a top guy. I mean, he did the best yeah, he could with John Cena. Was there, did good, and like could you, you know, imagine had it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not been that way. How uh, probably better his run would have been. I mean, you watch if you watch the ruthless aggression um, documentary on the WWE Network. He's he recognizes like, oh, if I'm going to be PG, I have to do certain things. And I have to appeal to this demographic to really get over it. People aren't going to like it. So he stopped doing the like raunchy raps. He stopped doing certain things and kind of became more white meat baby face. And so it's like, yeah, yeah man. like, I mean, John Cena, I think if he had been around the rocks and the Austins and stuff like that, you, John Cena might be talked about in a bigger light. But John Cena was smart at the same time, because as much as we don't like him in the 18 to 35 demographic, you know, John Cena's mainstream appeal uh, definitely went up, so he was smart enough to pull the trigger, um, you know, when he did and go that route, you know. Um, but speaking of pulling the trigger, I, I do hear uh, rumors of mm-hmm. AEW making a, making a round of cuts. 
that uh, that they might want to be cutting people. So I, I volunteer uh -oh. Brandon to be cut, first cut. <laughs> I, I need to make some some, some trims on this podcast too. Yes. Trim the dead weight. I'm going for Brandon first, <laughs> and then we'll go from there. Like I will gladly sacrifice my spot, but I want a good severance package. Okay, I'm getting put out of here. A severance package. <laughs> yeah. I wasn't even paying you to begin with. We're not. There's no <laughs> union on this podcast. Hold on. So wait. Just you know, question-wise, who, who should they cut? You know, potentially if they got to start trimming some people. It's funny that my answer a couple weeks ago would have been completely different than it is now because a couple weeks ago I was critical of Sean Spears, but they've completely changed the trajectory of Sean Spears with his uh CNN. Uh, parodies and you know his little thing at double or nothing uh with dustin rhodes and coming out and then wrestling you know comedy gold man you know wrestling in his underwear and his underwear has a picture of tully blanchard on the crotch suck it <laughs> suck it uh, but, you know and then like just that shot when they were looking they pointed at the his crotch and it had tully blanchard on there and they pan up and he's looking at the camera all like sorry like you know yeah. like i don't I have an explanation um, no, so Sean Spears has definitely stepped up his game. I think he's worth the money now. But you know, you go, you call into question like people like you know the hybrid two. It's like where's the hybrid two been? Uh, do you do you need those high flyers when your tag division is so stacked as it is? Speaking of which, I mean, let's get into it. AEW Dynamite. We see the the debut of the former revival, the current FTR. <laughs> Showing up and fuck we the revival. Well, fuck yeah. the revival, man. But you know, you know, on being the elite, they've teased this for years. Of like, one day we'll uh, we'll wrestle the revival. You know, you know, pin this tweet. And um, sure enough, the revival, the FTR, I should say, try to get used to it. FTR shows up, and uh, what we think is going to be, you know, the butcher and the blade are beating down the young bucks. What we think is going to be FTR beating down the young bucks is them beating down butcher and the blade and basically saying that like we respect i i like that i really liked it because they were like almost saying that we respect you and we want you to be okay like we don't want you hurt before right. we face you obviously you know and so it was obvious that they were heels because i think they went to like shake their hand and they like you know bailed out of the ring well, I need I need people to stop showing up in like SUVs or and trucks to <laughs> AEW Dynamite if they're not gonna just like plow that one little spot yeah right in that little spot like if they're not just gonna plow through something <laughs> like Austin like Stone Cold Steve Austin and just like destroy shit it's like stop showing up in motor vehicles okay like holy I shit mean, yeah like that that's a big tag team to bring in there. Uh, Oh, it, it looks. It, oh, he had uh, the open challenge thing that Cody was thrown out there. Maybe, maybe Zack Ryder was talking some nonsense. Zack Ryder's not is under contract <laughs> till July, though. So it's like right. as much as Zack Ryder's talking shit, like Matt Cardona. Let's try to get used to it. Uh, <laughs> right. Matt Cardona is real name. Uh, Matt Cardona's right. not going to show up next week. He's his contract. Right. You know, his contract's not up till July. So the only people that could show up are you know FTR, for example, or you know uh, Brian Cage. I would have figured, but Brian Cage, oh, man, Brian Cage had. Didn't I call that shit, Brandon? We were watching uh, Double or Nothing. It was funny. Oh, yeah. we, were, we were watching Double or Nothing, and Brandon's like, "Who's it? Uh, you know, I, I don't really, I don't know." <laughs> who uh, this mystery man is you know i just can't figure it out you know with my uh my lack of brain brain function and um i was like i'm pretty sure it's gonna be brian uh, cage 
And then sure enough, big ass Brian Cage, hulking ass Brian oh, Cage yeah. walks out. And I, I thought that was cool. I, like when he just yeah. ripped the ladder open and just like walked through because <laughs> I just really like, even if you don't know who he is, you went, oh my God, who's this fucking monster? And uh, so, so I thought that was good. Uh, but the thing I didn't like, and I've been critical of this, is that I don't like when people take on other people's gimmicks. Um, and when, when someone's in a managerial role, like I didn't like when AJ Styles became like nature boy, AJ Styles, when Ric Flair was his manager. Um, I know it's a small (laughs) little thing, but like, I didn't like, you know, who can stop the path of cage because then it's like, like your Taz's boy, as opposed to like your Brian cage at the same time, I get it. Like, I get it, because Taz is a good enough name that you... Taz attaches his name to you, it's like, oh, shit, you must mean something. But, like, between that and then, like, you know, Taz going, you know, survive if you, you know... Was it, uh, he'll beat beat him if you can, survive if he lets you. It's just all his catchphrases, you know? I I just feel like, you know, Taz could come up with some catchphrases for Brian Cage. And maybe we're going that path, so maybe I don't, uh... Right. Maybe I'm being too critical too quick, but again, you know, six months from now, I, I don't want to see Taz, Taz's boy. I want to see Brian Cage, who happens to have Taz as his manager, kind of in the same vein, like Cody Rhodes has Arn Anderson. You don't see Arn Anderson coming out and just be like, you know, and it's Cody's, <laughs> you know, Cody's his lackey. And then you don't see that with Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. You know what I mean? You get what I'm saying? And, and actually a perfect example, Lance Archer. You don't see Jake the Snake coming out and going, Let me tell you something, Jet Lance Archer, trust him. You can, don't trust this snake. And then Lance Archer just coming out and being like, yeah. No, it's like, this. you know that's the Murder Hawk monster. You know that Jake the Snake is his, his manager. And that's about it. Snake's like, woman, make me a sandwich to get pregnant. <laughs> that's what she get out of Jake Roberts. Oh yeah, I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Yeah. Oh, Jake Roberts, is, but he's a heel, right? So it's like he's okay to say, as opposed to Jim Cornette, who's nothing right now because nobody wants to hire his ass. And so he's got to generate buzz for a show, man. He's got to have some controversial takes. Oh, uh, he he wasn't happy with that uh, that stadium stampede. He was not. Can you read the comment? Do you have it on hand? I want you to read that comment because Jim Cornette pissed me off. With that stadium stampede, it was the best match of the night. I mean, look, look at Sammy Guevara behind us. He's dead. I mean, it's good, but when you, I mean, looking at it this way, it's like, is that where they just sort of doing the money in the bank thing? What and can it's like, you do some in of the this stuff era? In it, what can you like, do in this uh, era with no crowd? And Jim Cornette's talking like he didn't do hokey ass scaffold matches <laughs> back in the day with the Road Warriors and the freaking Midnight Express. Jim Cornette's talking from out of his ass because in 2020 he's not relevant anymore and he's dreaming. Goddamn, pal, it's not. 1985 was better than 2020. Well, there's no fucking pandemic in 20 in, in 1985. The only pandemic in the professional wrestling world in 1985 was Jim fucking Cornette. <laughs> Well, here's Cornette right here. Uh, he's like, I will never watch this fucking shit again. Fuck all you people. I'm ashamed of Matt Hardy. I'm ashamed of Tony Giovanni. I'm ashamed of Jim Ross for not walking out on this. I'm ashamed of everybody involved in it. And it's the last time I'll be fucking watching this horse shit. And Tony Khan can take a sport 
based presentation and shove it up his fucking ass. They're all fucking morons for doing this. I'm disappointed in all of them. I don't want to see them personally again because I'd have to tell them. I don't want to see them professionally again because I don't want to see anybody involved in this ever again. Here, here's so, my wow. question. Jim, here's my question, Jim Cornette. You fucking car- he's just working. No, you fucking carny. Because like, <laughs> if you care about the wrestling business as much as you say you do, okay? You should be happy that AEW is flaunting the fact that they have a fucking stadium. They're showing everybody that how big time AEW is, that Tony Khan owns this, that, you know, uh, the Khan family owns AEW. I don't get how he doesn't see the fact that this helps AEW because perception is everything. I get it. I get that it was hokey, but it's like, these are cinematic matches that they're doing the best that they can without a crowd. I mean, AEW can only do so much, especially this was double or nothing. This was supposed to be their WrestleMania. You know what I mean? And so what do you do? You're just going to have it at Daly's place? No, they did what WrestleMania did, which, yes, they copied in that sense, which is they made it a little bit feel a little bit bigger. They wanted to do something big for their show, which I don't hear anybody because I'll get into it, but I don't hear anybody <laughs> bitching that WWE or AEW is copying WWE with these cinematic matches. But I hear a lot of, oh, a, you know, AEW is uh, being copied by WWE because WWE had a crowd, a quote unquote crowd this week, you know, using the L- uh, NXT developmental stars. Like, guys, I don't know if you know this, right? I'm going to look you dead in the eyes right now on camera. <laughs> I don't know if you know this. But professional wrestling is notorious for copying shit. Like everybody copies everybody. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate that Jim Cornette couldn't copy anybody talented. Then maybe his comments would mean something. (laughs) But they copied TNA. Brandon, I asked you. I legitimately looked at Brandon in the eye and I said, "Brandon, when does TNA show air?" He's like, "I don't know." I was like, "Well, it airs on Tuesday night." And on Tuesday night, they announced that someone is debuting for them. Uh, do you know who that is? And Brandon's like, uh, I mean, who is it? Brandon, exact words. Brandon's like, who is it debuting for TNA? You know, they're That's great. Right, baby. They're, they're great. But she still calls them TNA, by the way. That's uh, right. But Deanna right. Perrazzo is coming to Your Impact bae. Wrestling. Bay's coming oh, yeah. to Impact. And I'm excited for it because they're they're really, really honing in on that Virtuosa character. So, I mean, I'm all about it. I'm all about it. <laughs> Brandon, going back to the Stadium Stampede match, I, I saw a lot of flack on social media uh, for for the Matt Hardy part in the, uh, right. la- the quote-unquote Lake of Reincarnation, <laughs> but mainly because they felt everyone felt that was insensitive. Not everyone. It was, a small, it was a small group, but it felt it was insensitive with the passing right. and drowning of, uh, of Shad Gaspard to do this. Right. Uh, no, wait, wasn't this film like at a different time or something like I, that, maybe? I kind of foresee... Right, I yeah. foresee that this was filmed before Chad's passing because Chad passed, I think, on uh, Monday or Tuesday. I can I can surmise that this was probably filmed the previous weekend from Double or Nothing. The only thing is they played it on the big screen so that Jr. and Tony Schiavone and Excalibur would give their live commentary on it. So I think the commentary was live, um, but because and you could also hear the crowd reactions as you can hear right. people in Daily Space cheering. Uh, but yeah, I don't think I think this was filmed before the passing of Shad Gaspard, and not only that, but I think like I actually was really, really happy that the wrestling community didn't 
give as much shit as I saw mm. to them because it's like it was an unfortunate thing. Everybody is feeling, you know, hurting because of that situation. AEW wouldn't have done anything on purpose to to make anybody upset. Um, I'm glad that people kind of gave them a little bit of of, of of slack here on that one. But, you know, it, it begs the question. It's like, should they should they have gotten scrutiny? You know, should they have gotten? Uh, but, yeah, I, you know, my take, I always feel everyone's too PC as, as it is. So. And Hollis saying it was filmed last Friday, which that's exactly what I thought. Just filmed the weekend before. Yeah, yeah, you can't control that. And I don't think, like, what are you going to do? Try to edit that out, like, to that before? Because, oh, somebody might, you know, make the stretch that. But, that, you, okay, what you just said, the stretch. Yeah. And I feel like that's when we have to take responsibility that our minds went there. Is it up hmm. to AEW to be like, well, Chris Benoit hung himself. I, I, remember, this happened at WrestleMania, WWE. Chris Benoit hung himself on, on fitness equipment. And then Randy Orton was wrapping something around Edge's neck. So is it our fault or WWE's fault for going there? Or is it our fault for being like, well, shit, isn't that how Chris Benoit died? You right. know, we don't, Which is weird. Why do we think that way? <laughs> Which is another because thing. Like, why we are, because humans are negative beings. Uh, <laughs> bluntly, <laughs> negative beings by nature. Our minds go to there. Like I've told you the, the previous example of like everything can be going right in your life. Everything's like good, like, and then you start getting the anxiety of like, oh no, something bad's gonna happen. Then it's like, why do we think like that? Like, why do we go to that place of like, if we're financially good, if we're our kids are good, if this is good, that is good. Why do we feel like okay, that means the bottom's gonna fall out, the other shoe's gonna drop? You know, like well, I'm having a good podcast episode. Why do I feel like Brandon's gonna ruin it? You know, like why does that <laughs> why does that thought creep into my head? In my case, it's true because Brandon's Brandon Brandon's just like one. One thing away from being like saying something that like, gets us kicked off off of YouTube permanently, you know. <laughs> Fernando, by the way, says he doesn't think yeah. that way. I like you, Fernando. Oh, I like you. Fernando. I don't all that crap that Brandon talks about you. Uh, what? I don't know. I don't listen. He's to my it. he's my number one fan. <laughs> I, I, would, I would never say he sees you for what you are, Fernando. Yeah, this is terrible. So. so uh, wait, what's going on over here? Uh, I guess kind of on the this thing with uh, Bailey and Sasha about so, the match okay, for SummerSlam. So, so apparently, good. rumors were that Bailey and I think I told you this. I've said this on the podcast where I was like, "Oh man, they're probably the way WrestleMania happened." I feel like they're building towards a Bailey and Sasha match at SummerSlam. So originally, they were building toward Bailey Sasha SummerSlam. You can kind of see, Ingl uh, you know, the the seeds being set um, at, at WrestleMania. I think if I had to guess, I, I feel like Lacey Evans originally was probably going to win the women's title and then kind of build that towards just Sasha and Bailey having a grudge uh, going into SummerSlam. But now we're I don't know if we're not getting it or or, or what, but, you know, it, it seems like it's on the back burner, which sucks because bluntly, no, not a knock against Bailey and Sasha, but like how long can the storyline go? Like they, this is they've had start, you know, not their fault, but they've had starts and stops to this storyline for the better part of three years. Really think about that. You remember the Doctor Shelby stuff, and then they they just <laughs> put the kibosh yes. on that shit like real quick. That was kind of kind of cool with Doctor Shelby. I kind of I liked it, and no, then I apparently it did it, do yeah. well. Vince was like, "Damn it, <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Shelby sucks. <laughs> Take him off." Something else, you know, and. and <laughs> 
So yeah, what do you think the problem is? Because you know they did, they they you know they built that story up. Maybe it just worked because it was NXT. Maybe it's a different crowd, but they did you know their rivalry in NXT, and it was like the biggest like match sort of ushered in like the women's revolution thing, and then they tried to do it again on the main roster. And it didn't quite have the same impact. Was it because it was too soon? Or I think it was not... too soon. And I think that, you know, I, I think WWE sometimes doesn't realize that main roster, you know, people don't give WWE this out, but like a lot of people go, oh, they're going to just bury this guy when he goes to the main roster or bury this girl. But main roster is very different from NXT. NXT is your 18 to 35 demographic. You get some hardcore fans. A gimmick like Bailey is going to work. Uh, I think they thought bringing Bailey up to uh, the main roster, you know, you got the kids, you got things like that. It would really translate well. Uh, but in reality, after a while, it fizzled out because she went the way of like the John Cena's and, you know, people wanted to see something different. So I'm glad they pulled the trigger on her. And I think that's what happened is like people didn't want to see that Bailey NXT Bailey. Especially, like, they kind of just honed in on her hokiness. They didn't do anything uh, more substantial. Like, in NXT, she was, like, hokey, per se, but then, like, when it came to match time, she was a fighter. And they didn't really do that. They just kind of honed in on, like... Like, <laughs> like, I, they, like there was, like, a, a weird medium. Like, they were just like, oh, she's just a fan, but she never turned the intensity up. Whereas in NXT, she was, like, really hokey. This is kind of what I mean. She was like really hokey with the promos like, hey guys, oh my god, you know, but then it would be like match time and she would like put the ponytail and then like really get aggressive. So there was like an antithesis. There was like a juxtaposition to Bailey. you know, those are big words. Look them up, Brandon. I know you don't understand what I'm saying, <laughs> but there was like a juxtaposition <laughs> to Bailey. How do you, how do you spell <laughs> I to say. There was a juxtaposition. Of, shut up, Brandon. You're you're a freaking college graduate. Don't, don't act stupid. There was a juxtaposition to Bailey, whereas there there wasn't on the main roster. You know what I mean? It was just like kind of like a a tepid a tepid medium. You know. But uh, yes, I'm using big words tonight, Brandon. <laughs> it's third time the charm. Has enough time passed since you know the main roster where they try to do it? Will it work sort of this time around? Is the build a better this time it was and that's the thing it was it was a good build and it was getting better and it's like they kind of have put it on the back burner because it's like you can only do so much without a crowd you know and i'm, I'm glad they have a crowd and i told this to brandon i said you know they had plexiglass up on the barricades and i told brandon uh everybody was being critical like oh they why do they have plexiglass like they the wrestlers are all tested their their temperatures their infrared thermometers like what's going on you know the, the ones that brandon's afraid of you know the government's trying to control my brain man dude i that's they're right see like 5g and those things uh, 5g brandon had a rant about 5g causing cancer um <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm not even going to go there. But uh, yeah. but I told Brandon, I said, I don't think the plexiglass is because of the talent. I think it's a test run to see if plexiglass can be the way that they bring crowds back into WWE and for them to be responsible by spacing seats out and then seeing how the camera looks with the plexiglass, seeing how the how everything sounds, the acoustics are with, uh, with the plexiglass. So I think that was the reason for it, okay? Um, 
Well, speaking of which, I'm going to spoil something from from next week's Raw. Um, uh-oh. Uh, so there were reports that Kyrie Sane's match with Nia Jax that was taped for Raw next week had to be stopped due to uh, bleeding. Uh, so again, Nia Jax, uh, everyone was critical because it's like, again, she's injured someone again. And, you know, then, then now, like, I've been defending Nia Jax, but even even I kind of go, like, when is enough enough? Especially, like, you go on, on on Twitter and you keep saying, like, oh, this is a tough business. But it's like, yeah, it is a tough business. But at what point are you reckless? Mm. You know, and it's it seems like it's always Ky- poor Kyrie Sane, too. They're, they're trying to they're trying <laughs> to kill her on the way kill. out to WWE uh, WWE because I think her contract coming up sooner rather uh, than later. Uh, Speaking of which, they um there were uh it's weird because there's been always pictures of uh, Adam Cole at AEW events because obviously his girlfriend is Dr. Britt Baker, but now right. the rumors are Roma. ramping up because he was at the Memorial Day party and his contract quote unquote comes up with wwe in in uh, i think it was july or august so now people are like oh is he going to aew and somebody told me you know almost told me like oh stupid i'm being stupid because you know obviously his friends are there his girlfriend's there and like they use chelsea green and zach Ryder as an example like obviously she went to wwe because of zach Ryder. she didn't know it'd be fired and i said i don't know how to say this but you really think that someone went to wwe because of their boyfriend and what I mean mm-hmm. by that is, obviously, it was a factor. Obviously, she's like, oh, my, my boyfriend works for WWE. But if you're a wrestler, there's only two places you want to go right now. You know, obviously, just time, Japan yeah. and stuff. But I'm talking about in North America. There's only two places you want to go. And arguably, there's one place you want to go because it's been around. You get six figures. You know, you get good money. Mm-hmm. I, think, I don't think it's a far-fetched to say most wrestlers dream of going to WWE. So it's like, how hey, can you like say Prezaro? Anyway, Diana Perrazzo, by the way, <laughs> is how you say that name. But I don't know why people like they reduced it to, oh, Chelsea Green went to WWE because of Zack Ryder. Like, no, she went to WWE because she trained in tough enough. Her dream was to get back to WWE. She didn't want to work for fucking crappy impact. <laughs> wow wow that's where your bay is bro you better take that back i just i just say that to trigger you but um <laughs> you know obviously she wanted to work for wwe and yes she's like oh zach Ryder works there my my now fiance like let me go there and then you know like look and, and hollis is saying i think cross in part chose wwe because of scarlet i don't think so that's what i'm saying like if you're a professional wrestler you're going to WWE, and if WWE was interested in Killer Cross and interested in Scarlet Bordeaux, you know, then of course you're like, fuck it, let's go to WWE. Killer Cross and Scarlet Bordeaux are perfect, perfect fits in WWE. Love their segments on, on NXT. Um, but speaking of NXT, we, we have rumors of uh, Matt Riddle. That, dude, that fight pit match. You know, the Octagon-esque match between Timothy Thatcher and uh, Matt Riddle, where where Timothy, uh, Timothy Thatcher lost a couple teeth. I say that five times fast. Timothy Thatcher lost a couple teeth. Um, you know, like three teeth, and obviously it was kayfabe because the blood was like bright red as opposed to, uh, you know, dark red. Do your research on the hemoglobin count and uh, the color it turns, brother. <laughs> but... <laughs> but uh, uh, Matt Riddle what? getting choked out. The rumor is that uh, Matt Riddle is going to SmackDown, Ooh. and everyone's already talking about Matt Riddle is going to get buried on SmackDown. Nah, I don't think so. I think I think Matt Riddle's good enough talent that like you can't really bury Matt Riddle. 
Because yeah. Matt Riddle's outspoken too. Matt Matt Riddle's like the RVD of our generation, you know? Like the like Matt Riddle doesn't give a shit. Like Matt Riddle will do what he has to do. You know, Matt Riddle's two sixteen. He used to wrestle or fight at, at 175 pounds. You know what I mean? So Matt Riddle's just a jacked up UFC fighter. Again, a great match on NXT. Go watch it if you haven't already. I'm not gonna get into it. I could recap that all day. Um Yeah, I think he, I think he's got enough character to he's the personality he's that he it. can work on the main roster like he's not gonna yeah he's got it and you can see it and he's gonna appeal to a mass demographic i feel now that being said i talked about him being the rvd of this generation rvd is uh and i don't know if anyone knows this but rvd is one of my favorite wrestlers rvd's gone on record as saying um you know back in uh, back in the day triple h tried to offer his help and and uh, on promos and say you know I'll, I'll help you kind of get the WWE style promos and RVD kind of gave him the cold shoulder and never got pushed as a result. Uh, and my big problem with RVD, just cause I'm, I'm willing to call a spade a spade and I'm willing to call people out that maybe I shouldn't, but RVD had every tool in the book. But if the guy is offering you help, especially when he's triple H is married to like the boss's daughter, he's a certain caliber of superstar. Like, I don't care what RVD says. Triple H at the time was at the top of his game. No pun intended. Triple H was the world heavyweight champion. And this guy's offering you help. That means he sees something in you. Mm-hmm. And RVD took it as, well, fuck, what can you teach me? I'm the best athlete here. I've been a star for years. People look at me. That's not the point. If Triple H is saying that he's he knows that he can offer you help with promos now that especially we see with Triple H and NXT Triple H doesn't have to be the the guy here's the thing guys don't have to be the best Lance Storm for example didn't win a world heavyweight title in WWE the Hurricane but you know these are guys who like can offer like Lance Storm can can offer you in ring advice the Hurricane can definitely tell you how to cut a promo and really have character development. So if Triple H is telling you, here's how you should cut a promo, even if you don't learn shit, just say, yeah, let me hear what you have to offer. You always, you're never good enough that you can't pick up a piece from somebody else. And even if Triple H tells you how to do it and you think all of it sucks, now you know how not to do it. Do you get what I'm saying? And so oh, it's yeah. like one thing, I think one thing, one problem I have with RVD is like, I feel like he was never humble enough to see that. And bluntly, no pun intended, bluntly, the reason, <laughs> I didn't even do that on purpose. The reason RVD's push got fucked up because they still gave him a push. Despite what RVD says, they pushed his ass, made him win the ECW and WWE titles at one night stand 2006. But then he and Sabu get caught smoking a blunt. <laughs> in July, and they because of WWE's wellness policy, which he knew damn well was in effect, they had to strip him of the titles. So you can sit there and we can argue about drugs and we can argue about WWE's wellness policy, but if you work for WWE and you're the champion, like you damn well know that you could just fucking not smoke for a month, go smoke some synthetic shit. Fuck, man, just don't get caught it's on the hard, test. Bro. Just a, like you're, you're WWE champion. So RVD has nobody but himself <laughs> to blame. But speaking of only having yourself to blame, we come to our main event and what I wanted to talk about for this event. whole episode. Okay? All right. Yeah. So here's my thing. We have JD from NY, and we're talking about comments that he made a year ago about Alexa Bliss is probably <laughs> one of those chicks who lays there and takes it in bed. It's funny. The joke. No? Let me hear your point of view. 
because I know you're going to set me off, so, so go ahead. <laughs> I already know what I'm going to say. Yeah, look, just... like, yeah. Look, he, he's, he, you know, he runs down the talent a lot. You know, he's, he's critical of what he thinks is lack of sort of in-ring work. Or, you know, doesn't think it's, it's very good. It needs improvement. And he thinks that, you know, maybe she gets a lot of, you know, sort of opportunities and sort of extra praise for not having really to do as much in the ring maybe as other performers. Right? So, you know, you made a joke out of it, you know. But, I mean, that's standard sort of internet stuff, right? I mean, is that, like, to the level of, like, bullying? Like, did that bother, you know? Dude, if, you had gone, so if, you're not following, now? if you're not following me on Twitter, you missed out on Memorial Day because I went off. And I know I won't do it justice because when my fingers were mashing those buttons, I was angry. <laughs> angry. And guys who are on Instagram right now, you better jump on YouTube because the live stream is about to end there. And I'm about to rant my ass off about JD from NY. So you definitely better watch. <laughs> my thing is JD from NY made these comments. And yes, I get it. People who are stands of him, they're sitting there and they're saying, well, everybody knows he talks like this. Oh, if you've watched videos, if you watch his interview with Chris Van Vliet, hey, he's so big time. He's been on Chris Van Vliet show. We've had Chris Van Vliet on our podcast. Thank you very much. I guess we're kind of big time here too. (laughs) But (laughs) my thing is, you know, I saw the apology. And I saw, you know, the, you know, him saying, you know, this was irresponsible of me in this and good. I'm glad he said it because he knew his brand was about to take a fucking hit because Alexa Bliss retweeted this off a burner account. Nobody's questioning that this was JD himself that posted it. We all knew it came off a burner account, but it's still him on the footage talking about Alexa Bliss and stuff. And people were telling me on, on, on Twitter, they were telling me. JD has always been critical of the characters. JD has always been critical of in-ring work. Just like you told me. And I asked this very poignant question. I said, cool, I understand that he's never liked Alexa Bliss. I don't fault him for that. At what point is he not bashing Alexa Bliss and bashing Lexi Kaufman on a personal level? If you're talking about, are you talking about Alexa Bliss's, the character's sex life? Because as far as I'm concerned, Alexa Bliss is an athlete as a character. Alexa Bliss doesn't have a sex life. The only person that has a sex life is Lexi Kaufman, the person. So now to me, if you say this is a joke, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line on something that you think is funny because you are very obviously chauvinistic with the way you were talking. And so my problem is, again, and I've said this, I've said this before, and I'll say this again. I give an example. I can't remember her name. It was Amy Cooper, who, whoever, the lady in the park. I'll make this a racial issue. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hammer this home here. The lady in the park. Again, I know her name is Amy. She called the cops because a black man, and I emphasize that for a reason, a black man told her... Miss, can you please put a, a leash on your dog because the park calls for it? She basically told him she can ruin his life, told him what she was going to do, and then called with a quivering voice law enforcement and irresponsibly said, yes, there is a black man threatening me right now <laughs> and brought his race into issue because she knew, or at least she felt like, what would happen is, oh, if they hear black man, white woman... Then they'll come a running. And here's, a, here's my problem with it. 
she could have gotten this man killed. If you hear that a black man is harassing a white woman and you say it in those terms, the way she did, who's to say that this man's not about to rape this woman? You know what I mean? If you're being like that, this man's about to attack me. This man's about to do this. Cops are going to come a running. We're already in a racially charged world. This is very irresponsible. And the fact that she made, she flat out said, that's, I'm going to call and say these words. That's really irresponsible. Now back to what I was saying about JD from NY. It's actually, let me tie this in because I'm, I'm getting a little bit convoluted. But the whole reason I say that is a lot of people when uh, Amy in that situation has said, has said, I'm not a racist person. I was just in the heat of the moment. And I think that is the biggest crock of shit I have ever heard when people say shit like that. Oh, when I was angry, I was just saying that. Here's the thing about anger, and I'm going to spoil this for everybody. Here's the thing about anger. When you're angry, your thoughts come out without filter. Okay? That's why I get marble-mouthed sometimes, and I say things. It's not necessarily because I, I'm spewing stuff, and I'm thinking. It's just coming out. So when she came out with her hate about a black man, guess what? She's racist. I, I don't care how you spin this. She is racist, because in that moment, that's what that was her thought process. Now, we go back to JD from NY with his little rants and stuff. He rants about women a lot. It's very obvious that he's chauvinistic because in his rant, in his anger, he is talking about women a certain way. I don't hear him talking about Bray Wyatt and Jojo Offerman just had a baby today, guys. Congratulations to them. I don't hear him making a joke about Bray Wyatt's penis. <laughs> do you get what i'm saying it's like he's talking about well alexa bliss you know she's just one of those girls who lays there and takes it i'm gonna be i'm gonna defend women right now maybe this ain't pc but let me talk about this okay if you think a woman just lays there and takes it you're completely discrediting her role in sex because there's a lot of adapt uh, abdominal muscles and there's a lot of shit she has to do with her fucking vagina to even make that a pleasurable moment so for you to e say that lets me know that you haven't had a lot of contact with women and I'm not saying that because I'm trying to on myself. I'm just saying, like, if you, you got fucking Google, go ahead and look it up. You, li you probably live in your mom's basement. At least go on Pornhub once in a while. God damn it. But my thing is, JD from NY says these comments, and people are like, oh, it's from a year ago. People should know this is his style. These are not excuses. These are not excuses, especially when Hana Kimura killed herself over cyberbullying and goes back to how people perceive things. If Alexa Bliss has a problem with these comments, if Alexa Bliss, Lexi Kaufman says, I don't usually pay attention to this jackass, but these comments affected me, then we should listen. And JD from NY is the same fucking guy that stands in a crowd for an autograph signing for Lexi Kaufman, Alexa Bliss. And yet he's, he has the nerve to be on camera and say this shit about her. The problem I had with him too. Again, cyberbullying, you gotta watch what you say right now. People are saying, guys, it's not as serious. They're saying, they're taking it like you. You know, and I'm not saying that to bash you, Brandon, but you're like, oh, it's just a joke. It's a very, very bad, irresponsible joke. It's one thing for me, and I'm going to be blunt. You know, I've had people DM me and say, Kenny, maybe you shouldn't say that. Hate to say it, I don't have as much of a following as JD from NY, okay? That's me being a man, me being honest. He has a platform that wrestlers see, that is so millions of people see. 
it is very irresponsible to talk in that manner. Okay? Even I know that if we go from a couple hundred people listening to us to a couple million or a couple thousand million people listen to us, I have to change a little bit because there are as my it's my responsibility to change a little bit, which is why people give WWE shit, but when they went to PG rating, you have a bigger wide span of audience, they knew they had to change. That's just how this shit works. So again, the JD from NY stands that went to his defense. They really piss me off on this. Now, the one thing I'll agree with is for all the people that said he's getting death threats, his parents are getting calls and death threats. That's crossing the line. Just like I feel we talk about George Floyd and the unfortunate death. Why are we rioting? Like, why are we looting stores? It's irresponsible, but it's neither here nor there. It doesn't change the original what originally happened and make it okay. So my point is just because JD from NY is getting death threats doesn't mean we should not be critical of his comments. What it means is that those idiots who are giving him death threats, they need to stop. That's too far. Okay. He's still a person, albeit I don't agree with him. We can agree to disagree, but he's still a person. Okay. And he didn't do anything that warrants. Again, we go back to George Floyd, he didn't do anything so damning that he, his life should be ended for it. That's my thing. So you got to be responsible of this. I was very critical of JD from NY, but I didn't say kill that motherfucker. I also, Sonya Deville, I'll give you another example of problem I had with. Sonya Deville was sitting there going, um, you know, I, if I see him in the streets kind of thing. And people <laughs> who were on his side were sitting there saying, well, Sonya Deville's bullying JD from NY. No, 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 no. There, that's not bullying. That's defending your friend. And that's a comment, okay? That bullying is very different than what JD from NY said about Alexa Bliss, okay? Sonya Deville saying, like, let me catch him. I've said shit like that. It's not bullying. That's a response to something. To, to something. Very, very different. And, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it right now, and I'm probably going to get heat from other wrestling podcasts, but damn it, I don't care because I'm going to... I would rather get famous for being myself than to ever get famous for kissing someone's ass. And I'm not going to mention names. There's other podcasts, and I'll, I'll shout them out. Again, I won't want to mention names, but I'll shout them out. I've had other podcasts say I disagree with you. You know, take me off that post because I disagree with you. And I, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with the fact that you disagree with me. That one doesn't bother me. If we have differing views, Brandon and I have differing views. He's my, my best friend. We're on a podcast together. If we have differing views, well, I don't respect you. There's a huge difference. But, <laughs> but if we have differing views, cool. I can actually respect that you have a differing view and you stand by your guns. My thing is, I don't like the smaller wrestling podcasts out there that I know for years have been kissing JD from NY's ass. And then on Memorial Day, they jumped on the bandwagon of being like, yeah, you shouldn't have said that and this. And it's like, guys, nothing changed. I'm going to be really blunt. Nothing changed in his delivery of what he said. It just came to light more. And all these people were standing him like crazy. And it's like, I, there's no substance about you. I hate to say it, guys, but like the way I felt in the heat of the moment was like, what a way, what a way to really show that you don't stand by your own views because you basically supported him because he's the most famous, most famous wrestling podcast out right now. 
And so you wanted to support him. And then the minute everybody was against him, you went against him too just to get your name out there. When I was critical of him, anybody who's on this chat right now, everyone hit me with a hands, hands up in the air when I say this. Or if you're not on a mobile or something, just hit me with a thumbs, uh, just hit me with like a, a K. <laughs> I have been critical of JD from NY from day one because of the people that he empowers. I almost don't have a problem with JD from NY because guess what? He's a salesperson. He gets it. He knows his crowd. There's no shame in his game. I have a problem with the people he's empowering by being so toxic because he's appealing to all the people that have a problem with professional wrestling. To me, the JD from NYs and the people like that, those type of wrestling fans, are the reason why the wrestling business is in the state it's in because they're so damn critical of professional wrestling that they can't have fun. Jim Cornette stadium stampede match <laughs> but you're so damn critical of the professional wrestling business that you can't he feeds off of that he thrives off of that that's why his views are they're so good because there's people that rather hear bitching about professional wrestling than to hear solutions and i had a uh, one of our friends keith and we talked about it he's like the reason i never liked jd from ny is because he just bitches for the sake of bitching i talked about that i've cut a lot of people off in my life recently whether they know it or not, because I'm not going to sit there and go, I just want to talk to you anymore. I cu I've cut a lot of people out for being like that. I don't want to talk about other people and just shit talk people. I want to talk about, okay, if Brandon and I think this podcast isn't as doing as good as, it's, as it should. Okay, Brandon, cool. You think the podcast sucks. What do you think would be better for it? That's what the approach I want to take on things. That's why I don't appeal to the JD from NY crowd. Okay, and thank you for all the hands up in the in the chat. I don't appeal to that crowd because all they want to hear is me say WWE sucks, uh, Vince McMahon sucks, AEW sucks, this, and it's like okay, everything sucks. Why the fuck am I watching your show for an hour? I challenge you all. I challenge you. I know there's a couple of people right now that are watching my episode that are JD from NY fans. Okay, and you're probably going like, who are you to talk about him? I challenge you. Be a little bit more positive. Stop listening to stuff like that. Start listening to things that help you as opposed to just tell you what's wrong. Okay? And I don't I don't I don't know how else to end this, but saying it's just like it was it was it was a bad move. <laughs> it's marked to that says Vince does suck suck though. You see, but you see the you, what's funny is like with uh with Anthony, by the way, Anthony who's marked to death in the chat right now. I still respect your view, even though, like, that's, it's a subtlety. I've actually, actually was talking about this with a friend. It's a subtlety, because Anthony may say Vince sucks, and he may say certain things, but Anthony offers so much today, I won't get into it, but there was a, you know, we're friends on Facebook, and there was a personal status that he posted that was very poignant and very endearing. And because he can think on a different level, I let him have his opinions, as wrong as they are. I let <laughs> But, you know, I respect you. I don't respect someone like JD from NY, especially after listening to that apology. You know, everybody's sitting there like, okay, the, you know, he apologized and stuff. I'm like, cool. You know what he did? He saved his fucking ass. Because he knew that if he alienated the wrestlers, his brand was dead. Because if he's just the guy that the wrestlers hate, they can come together and they can end his life. And I'm talking about his uh, pl uh, wrestling podcasting life. I should really be responsible and explain what I'm trying to say. They can just end that, that, that medium for him. 
So he knew he had to apologize. He knew he had to apologize to Alexa Bliss and say all of that because that's his lifeblood. You think it might have been uh, sponsor related, possibly as well. Could have been sponsor related because it's very irresponsible. You know, he had. Here's the thing: he had to speak on it. I don't think anyone, he he didn't speak on his own volition. Like, he had to speak on this because of the toxicity, because of all of that shit he said. He had to speak on this. It was, and that's what I'm saying. Like, all his fans were like, oh, look how sincere the apology was. No, it was a very well-written statement. And he's good at what he does because he can put emotion into it. And I'm sure he meant some of it. But he didn't mean all of it. Spoil that for you right now. And yeah, Fernando Maybe. says, all I need to hear was a three minute bullshit rant, and I don't like him since that. Yeah, I mean, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's why I've had problems with the AC from NYs, who's a fucking carbon copy of him, you know, and, and the JD from NYs and things like that. But I've always touted to, to stop listening to stuff like that. And it's not hating him per se. I'm just, I just know what, like, I'll say it like this. I, this was an analogy I thought about all day, and I forgot to mention it. Um, <laughs> Well, there you go. Smart to death. You see that he blocked me so I don't care about his apology. You know, like, yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. When you challenge my, my thing about JD from NY is like, it's so funny that he could be so critical of all these wrestlers and he can be so critical of the wrestling business. But the minute you're critical of him, he blocks you. So it's like you're coming from a real big place of ignorance because now you don't want to be corrected. You don't want people to have opposing views from you. It's your way or the highway, so you stopped growing. Why the fuck would I listen to you? Why would I listen to someone like that? He's holier than thou. You know, and and that, that's my thing. Like, yeah, I said something critical of him, he blocked me too. And it's like, I'm not <laughs> proud of blockings, by the way. There's people like that on Twitter that are very toxic. It's like, I'm not proud of blockings, but it's just like, dude, we can talk, man. I'll meet you in person. I'll shake your hand. We'll talk. But when you just come from a place with anybody that opposes your brand, like me and like a perfect example, Smart to Death, a, a podcast I respect, Anthony. Me and Anthony don't agree on shit sometimes. There's a lot more differing opinions than there are uh, similar opinions, but we come from a place of like, man, you know what? I can understand what you're saying. I can see your view and respect that. And how oh, you've helped me learn something. That's how you should approach things because it helps us learn and grow as people. But anyway, I was getting back into it. Um, the, the one thing I want to wrap up and say, the reason JD from NY is irresponsible, right? People say, yeah, he appeals to a certain kind of wrestling fan and there's people who, you know, he helps support and stuff. Here's kind of how I viewed it because I was, I was working out. Like, it's my second day, to be honest. It's my second day working out again. feel great. I feel, I'm sure, look, I look jack. Look at me. Look, 200, 216 pounds of sex appeal <laughs> and, and man's appeal. And I, I ain't got rhymes for you. But uh, Tupac, I am not. Um, yeah, <laughs> superstar Billy Graham, I am not. They'll get me in that power rack <laughs> conversation, you bitch. <laughs> but here's my thing. When you talk about the fitness industry and you talk about uh, diet pills and supplements, the supplement industry, people can sit there and say, I say, you know, I can say that I'm very critical of diet pills and the people that they appeal to. Does that mean that I am critical of supplementation? No, it does not. Supplementation is good if you're taking your fruits, your vegetables, you're taking your whey protein, you're taking things that help fuel your body, they're good. But if you're in a mindset that doesn't call for doing the work that is involved for uh, with fitness, that comes with losing weight and understanding that it is a gradual process. So you buy the first crash course diet pill that promises lose 50 pounds in two weeks, you are in the wrong 
supplementation area. And that's how I view JD from NY in terms of the wrestling community. You're in the wrong area on your wrestling fandom. You're in a toxic point of view. You should stop watching because there is no pill that is going to make you suddenly thin again if your mind doesn't follow suit. Abs are made in the kitchen. They're not made by some medical drug. I hate to say you you spent, I'll say it like this. We've all done it, guys. I'm 21% body fat, okay? So I'm not coming from a place where I'm just the, in shape. But if you're in a spot where You've eaten like shit for two years. You think you're going to lose the weight in two weeks? No. No. So the whole point is, without getting too convoluted, it's just like, that's what I mean by he appeals to the wrong thing. I don't have a problem with the supplementation business. I have a problem with the people who go after and prey on people who are looking for the quick fix. That's what I feel JD from NY is. He appeals to the people who are looking to be toxic in the wrestling community. He does not appeal for the people who are wrestling fans. That's why I don't like being put in the same category as him. Brandon's in the same category as him, but damn it, that he appeals to the JD from <laughs> NY audience. I do not. Hey? Okay? I'm a negative guy. <laughs> <laughs> except the except when it comes to HIV, then he's definitely yeah. positive. Uh, but, positively and the negative. But guys, you know, I want to leave you as I always do with words of encouragement. Um, thank you so much for letting me rant. By the way, thank you. I know again, my audience isn't as big as JD from NYS, but for those of you who religiously listen and are always active on the chat. Um, thank you so much. Like it honestly means a lot because I feel like doing this podcast, I've gained just so many friends. Uh, you know, a couple of you talk to me on a daily basis and message me on Twitter and, and Instagram and things like that. And just always interact, you know? And so it, it means a lot to me because this is truly, you know, what I am passionate about. Again, I don't appeal to the people who are toxic about the wrestling business because to me, the wrestling business is my baby. And it's like, I want it to thrive and grow and succeed and be better than I ever was. You know, like I want it. I'm truly passionate about the wrestling business. And so, again, I, I thank you all um, for that. And uh, I want to leave you with this quote. So uh, it is that you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in your daily routine. So quarantine has been the best thing for me because uh, it's allowed me to change a lot of toxic habits that I had. It takes 30 days to build a habit, guys. So, like, for example, I'm on day two of working out. I know damn well for the next month, going into June all the way to July, I need to be working out, working my ass off. Because if not, it will not become a habit. So I challenge you, all of you here in the chat, and all of you watching after the fact, change one toxic trait in your life and change it with something good, whether it be an audio book on Audible like I've been doing or just working out when you don't want to. Do something to change yourself Give it 30 days. Let me know if it works out. And by all means, go on my Twitter and let me know what you're changing. I want to hear about you guys. It's not just about wrestling. I, I, if you go on Twitter, I've actually changed the picture from just a Kenny for your thoughts to like a picture of me. Because I mm -hmm. want people to feel more comfortable interacting with Kenny Majid, the person, and not necessarily just a Kenny for your thoughts, the brand. So... Yeah, that is my heartfelt rant for the night. And yes, welcome to the fan polar. Yes, welcome, because I, I did see you. I, it, it, dude, that means a lot. You see, just if we get one person per episode, that does mean a lot. Polar family, listen to this comment, Brandon. He says, first time here, we'll be back. Aww, that means the world to me. Polar. So 
thank you so much for giving giving us a chance. And uh, that sounds like you know what? Just for that polar, I'm gonna switch from regular Mountain Dew to Diet Mountain Dew as my uh, 30 days. See, see what happens. Brandon, just for the record, Brandon (laughs) hates diet soda, so please never do that, Brandon. And um, here, Brandon, we'll we'll put this full screen and let's see if you have anything poignant to say. Go ahead. Guys, thank you for joining us. I want to say, give us a five-star review if you're on Audio Land. Uh, subscribe. If you're on YouTube, please hit the thumbs up button before you leave. Don't be like Jim Cornette or JD from NY. Don't be negative. Hit us with a thumbs up and join us for our next episode. Brandon, anything to say? I just want to say I'm a hero. And I love being a hero to all of our listeners, viewers, everybody in the world. I'm here to save you. Brandon, you're not, you're anything but a hero. But anyway, thank you for joining us, guys. Oh, I'm a big <laughs> No, I forgot. Damn it. Brandon, the audio's still live. You can say what you want to say. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm a big, sh- big strong nigger. Like, wow. Really good on wow, you're going to leave Tyson. on that. If, if you're not a Mike Tyson fan, please go see what he, what he. <laughs> I don't condone that. I condone I don't condone that. <laughs> oh man. <laughs>